You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Hey, West Side Church. It's great to see everybody. And Don Lockwood, thank you so much for just sharing so vulnerably. Super appreciate you uh, giving your heart and demonstrating the gift that God has in store for us in the middle of hardship. And today we want to really encourage the congregation. And I know there's been a lot of bad news uh, in the media uh, based upon the pandemic, especially here in L.A. County. But uh, I want to share some good news today. We um, certainly need good news. And unfortunately, bad news gets more press. Bad news seems to get more attention. And I have today three pieces of good news that I believe can change next year for you. And at the very end of my lesson, I'll give you a little tip that can make a difference for you personally. So stay tuned. Uh, let's begin today with some good news, the ultimate good news headline uh, from the book of Luke, chapter 2 where we read this famous verse that says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I bring you good news of great joy. The shepherds were in the field, watching their flocks, and an angel appeared. And they brought some good news. Now, I love that the verse says, an angel appeared and spoke to them. And I don't know about you, but I do believe in angels. And I wonder, have any of you ever spoken to an angel? Uh, I mean, have you ever encountered one? I do have a friend that believes he encountered an angel in the hospital, an actual angel who he never saw again. Um, you know, if you've ever talked to an angel, some of us have, I mean, I really believe some of us have talked to them and if you have, I want you to put that in the chat. I've heard some, some amazing stories of supernatural events, but I think it's important for us to be okay with the supernatural and angels are real. I believe they exist and they exist on multiple levels. Uh, certainly I've not myself encountered or had an audible conversation with an angel that I believe came from heaven and then went right back to heaven the way Gabriel spoke to Mary. But I have had some angels in my life. Uh, The book of Hebrews says that angels are ministering spirits sent to help disciples. And I know that I married an angel. Carrie, you, I'm looking at you here through the, the monitor, you are an angel. And I've always called my daughter, Caitlin, an angel. She helps me in ways that I didn't know I needed help. You know, my sons, Kyle and Nathan, they're angels because they minister to me. And as I think about the West Side Church, there's spectacular people here. So many that uh, do incredible things that bring good news. And I could go on and on about uh, the, the incredible people here. I remember last year around the holidays, I I went with my daughter, Caitlin, down to Mexico to the immigrant shelters to serve, and a brother here came with me, uh, Billy Wynn, and you guys know Billy. He is a ministering servant. He's an angel on the west side, 
And there, there are so many. As I, I think about the campus, the singles, the teens, the marrieds, the albos, so many. The Screenland ministry, great job on Friday night. We have angels, we have ministering spirits. I want you to put in the chat, maybe you haven't seen an actual or had a conversation with an angel that you think came straight from heaven, but who's been a, an angel to you from the West Side Church? Uh, the Hebrew writer also says in chapter 13, Do not forget to show hospitality to the strangers, for by so doing some... People have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. And so today I want to talk a little bit about the good news that God has for us. And talking about supernatural, we've been studying the book of Psalms. And the ancient Israelites were a people that believed deeply in good things happening. In an awesome future that would come their way. And the Psalms have many passages that looked to a great king that would come, that looked to a future that would be different. And no nation really had ever cherished such strong expectations of good things like the Israelites. They believed in God's final triumph. And today, those of us that are the spiritual Israel, servants of God Almighty, of Jesus should be the most forward-looking people. And so we want to look at some of the Messianic songs that predict this great victory. And we're going to look at those together today. And I want to begin by telling there's going to be three pieces of good news I want you to hold on to. But let's go to the first psalm, Psalm 2, that talks about this great king. It says, Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? I have installed my king on Zion. My holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree, he said to me. You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You know, the first piece of good news is simply this. God has installed his king on on Zion, which means we have the right leader. Breaking news, we have the right leader, and it did not take an election. God installed his leader. That was the plan. That's the good news of this season. Jesus, his son, has been born. He has lived. He has died. He is resurrected, and he lives forever. The earth belongs to Jesus. Do you want peace? He's the Prince of Peace. Do you want wealth? The whole earth belongs to Him, the Scripture says. Of course, He's not promising us earthly wealth. But He does promise us all we need to live a godly life, which is the greatest treasure anyone can have. And He also says that we can store up treasures for ourselves in heaven where moth and rust will not destroy. We have the right leader. We have the opportunity for great things in our life. And I want us to think a little bit about what this leader that God installed for us is all about. And I want to continue in some of the prophetic psalms. There's Psalm verse uh, chapter 45. It's a wedding psalm. It's a song that was sung. But it's prophetic regarding 
the marriage of the Son of God and his bride, which is the church. And he begins there and he says, My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. You are the most excellent of men, and your lips have been anointed with grace, since God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your side, you mighty one. Clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. You know, our hearts are stirred, and I hope yours is stirred, toward a noble theme. And I'm so encouraged by our congregation uh, studying the Psalms and actually writing our own Psalms and really collecting and putting those together. You know, we get to be a part of the greatest party that's ever going to be thrown. And that's the wedding party of the Lamb and His Bride. And And the Bride is the church. And we get to be a part of that. You know, I love this verse where it says, Our King, our leader, He speaks with grace. And a lot of times leaders... Uh, in our culture, in our day, they're not known for their gracious words. But man, we're all in need of grace. I don't know about you, but this time of year, hear, hearing the stories, some of them are heartbreaking. And yet our leader, the king installed on Zion, he is known for his words of grace. And what grace really means biblically is that God likes you and loves you. That God cares about, that you're his favorite. My kids, when they were young, I would always say, hey, you're my favorite. And I would say it to all of them. You're my favorite. And I always tell my wife, you know, you're my favorite. Of course, she's like, your favorite what? I'm your only wife. I'm like, you're right, you're right. But the point was, I wanted to know how much grace and love and appreciation I had for her. And, you know, God has that for us, for every one of us. He doesn't condemn us. I love the passage when we read about Jesus. He comes upon the woman uh, caught in adultery. She's brought to him and he kneels down and instead of looking at her with condemnation and scorn, he says, has no one condemned you? And she says, no one, sir. He says, then neither do I. But leave your life of sin. We have a leader whose words, whose heart, and whose mantra in life is grace. And we all need it. Amen. We have the right leader. There's a great New Testament scholar, and he wrote that no higher essence could be attributed to any being than that attributed to the Son. He is the very essence of God, the perfect revelation of his character and the true nature of his existence. After speaking in many and various ways, God has now completed his revelation of himself in a son, creator eternal, radiant in his glory, whom he has set over all and under all that exists. Every existence that ever opposed him will one day bow before him and be as a stool for his victorious feet. Even great angelic powers will be but servants ministering to those upon whom the Son bestows the inheritance of salvation. We have the right leader. And I got a picture of of Eric and Nicole, and they're dancing after they've been married. Their dads are in the background, and we get to celebrate and dance because we have the right leader, and that is good news in our day. You know, the second piece of good news is we have the right cause. You gotta, you gotta get this. We have the right cause. We have the right mission, the right focus. We're on the right track. This is good news, and we don't want to waste our life and our time 
in the precious days and years that we have on this earth. We don't want to waste it. We have the right cause. And as we continue in the prophetic psalm, Psalm 45, he says in verse 4, In your majesty ride forth victoriously in the cause of truth, humility, and justice. Let your right hand achieve awesome deeds. Let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. Let the nations fall beneath your feet. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. We have the right cause, the cause of truth, the cause of humility. We cannot do it on our own. I know I can't. We have the cause of justice. And I love this verse. It talks about righteousness. And it says that he's anointed with the oil of joy. There's a joy, a deep joy. It doesn't mean pain and suffering won't happen. But there's a joy that needs to fill our life. And our cause can bring that joy. You know, the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of God's Son is incredible. You think about the death of the Son of God. It really, it pulls back the curtain on injustice. It startles people in our society into an awareness that complicity with injustice will not stand. God is not just trying to get us into heaven through the gospel message. He's trying to reorder our world so that love will reign and injustice will end. You know, in our world today, that may not ever fully come to fruition until Jesus returns. But God is speaking through our world right now. Do you see it? You know, He's been doing it beyond just the pandemic. He's been working. He wants justice uprooted. He wants our eyes open. I was talking to my, my mother-in-law and she's been learning things, that, that deep spiritual things about a history and things that are going on to open our eyes to the evil of our world. You know, God has been working. I know a, a, a couple of years ago that the rise of the Me Too movement, you know, that was really God working to uh, help open people's eyes to sexual oppression and the objectification of women, which is, is so ungodly. Sexual abuse, I know Don's sharing about it, it's, it breaks God's heart. It's not okay. And the message of releasing the oppressed, it's being preached. The Holy Spirit's allowing it to surface and for people to begin to become aware of these things. It's a great thing that God is allowing so much to come forth and for us to see it. And we can develop almost a, a global consciousness towards some of these realities. You know, certainly the pandemic has been a hardship, but it might possibly be the greatest awakening of our minds and souls and our spirits. Certainly the tragedies of George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey and so many other accounts uh, have highlighted the systemic biases and tragedies and evils in our culture. And there's deep pain. Deep pain in people. And we got to be willing to care, to get in there, to weather the storm of healing the pain. See, the pain, it becomes real when we take a good look at it. And God's allowed all of us to take a good look at things. 
See, the system we live in is wrong. The world system is wrong. We have a new king with the right cause. We have a king that came to establish a new system. We get to create and live in a new system of life. See, Jesus will return, and we have a hope that injustice can be changed. You can be changed, and you can be the change. You can have a purpose. You can have a second chance. You have the power to overcome. You have the power to be healed. You have the power to love, the power to hope, and the power to act. We have the right cause. And I think about when I consider my own conversion to understanding God and saying, Jesus, you are my Lord. It was the inspiration of the cause that grabbed my heart. That I was going to live for something that meant more than wealth in the American dream. It meant more than just having a good, happy family and a nice house and two or three kids. I wanted to have significance and make a difference and live for something beyond myself. And the cause of our leader is the cause of truth, humility, and justice. The message that we get to bring, it changes lives. It changes hearts. It has changed history. And it will change history. This is good news. It's ongoing good news for your life and for people's lives all around you. I hope that you understand we're not wasting our life when we serve the cause of our installed King Jesus. We're doing something that changes all things. You know, my final good news for you today is that we will win. We're on the right team. We're going to win. I like knowing we're going to win. Last week was the annual USC-UCLA game. Yes, it was played at the Rose Bowl with uh, no fans there because of the pandemic. I still had great hope that my team, my alma mater, UCLA, would win. And they lost a close game. I was heartbroken. And they lost another close game yesterday, which I was heartbroken again. UCLA, brothers and sisters, there's pain there. But someday, I still hold on, someday. But what happened was I ended up texting some of my friends who are cheering for the other team. And one of the guys that I sent a text to congratulating him, he was mad because he goes, Oh, I was recording the game. I didn't want to know. And I, and I thought, oh, okay, I'm sorry to spoil it for you. But I thought in my own heart, man, I like when I know ahead of time. I don't know about you, but I like if, if UCLA wins the game, I rewatch it several times. I don't care. I like knowing the end. It encourages me to know the end. And in our cause and with our leader, we know the end. We will win. It's a foregone conclusion. And we read here in Psalm 110, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And in the prophetic Psalm 22, that begins in lament and ends in victory, the lament of God, be not far from me. The lament of God, help me, the bulls surround me. The difficulties surround me. It's going to be difficult. Save me, God. And the prophetic ending of that psalm says, Posterity will serve him. 
Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. I love that. What has he done? He's won the game of life for us because he's answered death for each one of us. We will win. Jesus is at God's right hand. Everyone against him will be his footstool. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. He has done it. Although there is injustice, in the end there won't be. Although there is pain and loss, in the end there won't be. Although now there is hate and conflict, in the end there won't be. We win. The good news of Jesus being sent to the human race, born in a manger, raising up as a man of God, teaching, inspiring, and going to the cross, and then resurrecting to a new life. And right now, He stands listening, watching. He sent His Holy Spirit to transform us. And we now live a life with a cause And we're on the right team. And we're going to win. The conclusion is sure. We will win. And I want to close with just a little song before I give you the final tip for your life. And it's a little song that I wrote, just short. He was born. He was majestic. He was sublime. He was submissive. His love was stronger than death. His resurrection assured and accomplished. His spirit dispensed his mission secure. His victory stands. We will win. I hope during this holiday period that you believe that. And my final tip for everybody to have a good end of this year and an incredible 2021 is the same as what Jesus told all of us, that you got to believe. Here's a picture of my little dining area where we, we eat dinner together as a family. It's a small little cove inside our house. But this time of year, we put a sign on the wall. And the sign, you can see there, and I'll, I'll give you a little bigger picture of it, says, in this house, we believe. During this season, I hope you believe the good news. My challenge to each of us is to really step back and ask ourselves, do I believe the good news? There's so much bad news. There's heartache. I was talking to a dear friend of mine, and he was sharing about how his daughter doesn't want to be faithful, doesn't want to walk with God. And we were both commiserating and sharing. It was hard to hear that. And as I was talking to some some other family members about what's good news to them, They felt like the most important thing would be if their family members could have faith and understand and change and really believe the good news. As Jesus began his ministry, he said, repent and believe the good news. For everyone out there today, during this holiday season, I really want to ask you to to take it in, to reflect and go, do you believe? the good news, that we have the right leader, 
We have the right cause. And we will win the game of life and the game of death because Jesus has given us a hope that can't be taken. You know, on behalf of Carrie and I and the whole Westside staff, we really want to wish you a Merry Christmas, uh, an incredible end of this year. And uh, we love you guys. We're grateful for the Westside Church. We're grateful for all the servants. And this time I want to close out with a prayer. And then we have a little Christmas gift song from uh, the Morales family. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being here. We need good news in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of pain, in the middle of injustice, and we know that you have provided that. Thank you that you are the right leader. You've given us the right cause and that we have this secure hope that we will win. Father, I pray our belief will match the good news. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.